I'm Tisha Bader and in the news, the 60th anniversary of the March on Washington held this weekend in our nation's capital, commemorating the historic civil rights march led by Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. on August the 28th, 1963, and continuing the fight against hate and intolerance and for justice and fair treatment for all. Tens of thousands took part in the anniversary march, which was organized by the National Action Network and the Drum Major Institute. It was also co-chaired by the Anti-Defamation League. Jewish leaders proudly took part in the March on Washington in 1963, and the Jewish presence at this march was also prominent, with Jewish organization leaders, members of Congress, rabbis, and activists taking part, a number of whom addressed the event, including Yolanda Savage-Narva, Assistant Vice President of Racial Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion for the Union for Reform Judaism. And we're so thrilled to have Yolanda join us here now on JBS to talk about the experience. Yolanda, thank you for taking the time. Thank you so much. It's really, really an honor to be here. Likewise. So this was a momentous, dramatic occasion, obviously. Can you just give us a sense of what it was like to be there. What was the atmosphere like? What was the feeling? It's incredible to to be honest. Um, the it was almost surreal. I'm um, seeing people coming in in unity and solidarity with one another, standing on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial um, was just so powerful. And listening to some of the conversations as well, when I would walk by people and they would talk about what they were doing and this historic moment. And for me, um, that just made it all the more special. Additionally, I would say it was a little bittersweet as well. Um, You know, we're 60 years removed from the original March on Washington and we're still grappling with some of the same issues that we were grappling with 60 years ago. And so the weight of that for me was heavy, but then there was also um, this idea of hope um, and that people were coming together to really uplift who we are as humanity to work towards something together. And so, um, you know, for me, it was this mix of emotions, um, but, but overall, feeling very, very um, happy and proud to be a part of something so historic. And you gave a really beautiful speech um, about the the weight of the moment, the, the gravity of the moment, and really urging people to take it in. Can you talk a little bit more about that? I think sometimes we go through the motions, right? We, we go through the motions and we live in the moment. And there's nothing wrong with living in the moment. But I wanted us to really think about um, the history of the moment that we were in, that we were actually also making history. And we have an opportunity to use this as the impetus for change and moving forward. And I just wanted to connect to the theme, which was this was a commemoration. um, Yes, but let it not just be a commemoration, but a continuation of the work that we have ahead of us and that we are on a journey. We we can't stop. We have to continue um, to push forward, to fight, to make sure that we're centering people's humanity um, and the work that we do. And so that was really my core message in my speech is to make sure that we're marking this spot 
in time and history, yes. And it's also a call to action for us to move forward and continue to, to, to march and to, to do what we need to do to make the world a better place for everyone. And you stood there as a Black woman and as a Jew of color. And you touched on, in your speech, several issues like educating the youth, this generation, about the realities of slavery, about the Holocaust, touching on several issues. You mentioned the Jewish New Year. What was the weight of that like to be standing, representing sort of both of those worlds, both of those communities? It's, it's an excellent question. It, it felt um, so amazing, honestly, because I think it's important for people to see that we come with intersecting identities, that people don't just have one identity versus the other. And um, amazingly enough, there are other Black Jewish women specifically who are in the lineup um, of speakers during the March on Washington. And I think that is so very important because it uh, allows people to see um, the color of your skin and understand that in addition to that, there are other identities that inform how people move through the world and how they navigate the world. And so um, for me, I will add, you know, being a woman from the South um, is another identity I carry. Um, another identity I carry, and I saw so many of them present at the march, um, is that I'm a part of a Black sorority, an international Black sorority called Delta Sigma Theta. Um, they were the women with the red and white on. And so to, to see that and to see people walking around, um, you know, with their Jewish shirts on, you know, the Jewish organizations and kippahs and people representing both of the identities that I hold um, was just so sacred to me and, and powerful, something I'll never forget. Absolutely. And you raise such an important point as we meet people or we see people and we identify them in our heads, right? We have these ideas about them based on what they look like, based on what they're wearing, other things as well. And they're not just that one thing. Right, right. That's exactly right. Um, and we may not see the rest of who they are, but I think it's really important for us to think about people in this multidimensional way and how much those experiences, those different experiences make us unique, but also um where the core of who we are um, connects with us wanting to um, be happy, healthy human beings as well. Yeah. Finding that commonality could solve so many problems in the world. Absolutely. Let's talk a bit about the history of the civil rights movement, because the the Jewish community was, was very active back in the 60s. We have figures that most people know, like Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel, who walked arm in arm with Dr. King in Selma. Um, we have Rabbi Joachim Prince, who addressed the March on Washington in 1963. And really, the Relating to the amount of Jews in the United States, the number of Jews that were involved in the civil rights movement was very high. And there are so many important stories to tell that, including the the three young men who were murdered in Mississippi, of course, um, two of whom were Jewish from New York, one of whom was Black from Mississippi in that tragedy. There are so many stories and so many things that show this united front how can that help us more in in the state of Black-Jewish relations today? And do you think it has 
it, it is known enough by today's generation? You know, it's, I think it's complicated. I think that um, the, the relationship between the Black Christian and the white Jewish community in the early 1960s, um, you know, going into um, the, the mid and late 50s, you know, going back even before um, the civil rights movement um, was very tight and strong. Um, and I think that there is an opportunity for that union to become strong again. Um, one of the things I think we have to think about is that with any relationship, there's give and take, there's compromise. Um, there are things that will come up that will sometimes challenge our relationships. And I think the the Black and Jewish relationship um, that many people know about from the 1960s is an example of that. And I think those are some of the things that challenged um, both communities and maybe pulled the communities apart. Um, I, I think with this kind of new um, evolution of building those relationships, that it's going to be really important that people understand that there are intersecting identities that are now a part of the community and being able to address that we are all living in a white dominant culture and how that influences and impacts us as individuals and collectively. And I think um, it's important for young people to know the history of the relationship between the Black and Jewish community and fast forward and look at that relationship and what it looks like today. And that's not necessarily a binary. There, there, there are, you know, people who are Black Christians and um, white Jews, and there are also Jews of color and how that all intersects with the environment that we live in today. And so there's, you know, there, there's a lot to that relationship, but I do think um, that in order for us to fight racism and to fight anti-Semitism and other forms of discrimination, we have to learn um, about oppression in its entirety and how that impacts communities. So I, I imagine that sort of feeds into the work you do at the URJ on a daily basis. Can you give us an idea of what your what your title sort of entails and oversees? What I'm trying to do um, at the URJ as the Assistant Vice President of Racial Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion is creating communities of belonging, creating this infrastructure um, that gives us an opportunity, no matter who you are, to see yourselves as a part of the Jewish community, that you belong, no matter what your racial identity is or what your gender identity or sexual orientation, all of those things um, that I think push people to the margins in our general population are the same things that push us to the margins in the Jewish community as well. And so one of the things I'm really charged with is creating this anti-racist, anti-oppressive community so that we can knock those barriers down and build a community of belonging um, for all people. And that is starting with our internal, um, you know, our organization and making sure our organization reflects the diversity of the Jewish community. Um, and then that trickles externally as well, working with our um, congregations, which we have, 850 congregations and um, 2,000 clergy who are a part um, of the reform movement. 
It includes our 15 summer camps um, as well. And it, it includes trying as hard as we can to be a model for the rest of the Jewish community and, and the broader community as well. Can you talk a bit about your own experience as a Black Jewish woman in the world, navigating the world? I imagine you come up with incidents of of discrimination or bias in one form or another. Can you sort of speak to that a bit? A bit earlier, Tisha, where people have this image of who they think people should be. And I think um, in large part, I run into that quite often. Um, in the Black community, for example, I think it's pretty rare um, that people run into someone who's Jewish. And so... Um, there is um, opportunity, I would say, to really um, educate and have some deep conversations about what it means to walk in this world as a Black person who is Jewish. And vice versa, I think in the Jewish community, specifically in North America, um, this, this term Jews of color, Black Jews, um, Jews who do not identify as white is new to the North American Jewish community as well. And so um, breaking down those barriers so people can understand that Jews come in all hues and that um, we we all belong and belong and dismantling these um, systems of oppression that I think we have on our mind um, about um who belongs and who's who in, in society. And I think that's an, an ongoing battle and a journey um, that will be on for a while because we live in this system that continues to kind of um, make that a norm. Getting back to uh, the commemorative march, um, members of the King family were there. Uh, Dr. King's children and granddaughter were present. I'm wondering if you had a chance to meet them or if you've met them in the past and what that was like. I did not have an opportunity to meet them at, at, at the March on Washington. But many years ago, when I led the operate um, the organization Operation Understanding DC, um, I had an opportunity to, to meet um, MLK III. And I'm quite sure he doesn't remember um, the the organization would take young people on a journey through the South. And we had an opportunity to actually meet him um, at one of the students' um, relatives' homes. And I um, it was a brief meeting, but it was an honor um, to meet him. And we chatted briefly. The, you know, the students were really um kind of taking taking over and really trying to get his attention and talk, but I have had an opportunity to meet him before. That's very exciting. I, I know I was just so moved to see them taking part in the event was really um, just really special. And like you said, just to see the diversity of speakers at the march and certainly from the Black community and from the Jewish community and other communities as well, it was really um, such an important, just just visually, right, to see um, all these groups of people who were there coming together for this purpose. It was powerful. And um, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about the march is that it did it it did get out of this kind of black Jewish um, binary. There are people, like you said, from all backgrounds, and that's what um, 
I think we should be focused on as we move forward, that there are many communities in the, the United States and globally um, who are marginalized. They live on the margins and are underrepresented and disproportionately um experience discrimination and prejudice and racism um, as a collective. And I think the march was really successful in bringing um, all groups together to showcase and highlight what's being done um, in specific communities and more jointly and collectively as well. And at the end of your speech, you you mentioned uh, the approach of the Jewish New Year of the High Holidays, which are soon upon us. Yes. And what we can strive for, what not just the Jewish community, but the world as at large. Can you talk about that a bit as far as this vision that Dr. King had and, and that we could have for a more just world? Holidays um, for me is such a sacred time. And I, I really um, take the time to pause and think about the year before and um, what what I can do differently, maybe how I can inspire others to think differently. And when I think about the blowing of the shofar, um, it really um, shudders my soul in a way where it is a real reminder that we have to do things differently. We need to wake up. We need to um, move into action. And I hope that others can do that as well. And the March on Washington um, is the moment where people can really look around and see how beautiful um, that tapestry of human beings looked when you when you know you look out into the crowd and take that moment with them. And I talked about in the speech that a lot of people said amazing things, but how did we feel when we left the march? Did it compel us to act? Did it really activate our spirits and our souls in the way that will make us uncomfortable with what's happening in this world around us and push us to um, to, to Bethlehem Elohim, see everyone in the image of God and to, to move and act? That's beautiful, Yolanda. I love that. And I will wish you a, a good new year, a Shana Tova in advance of the high holidays. And thank you for the work that you do at the URJ and for representing at the March on Washington. Shana Tova. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yolanda Narva Savage is the Assistant Vice President of Racial Equity, Diversity and Inclusion for the URJ. And we thank her so much for being here on JBS. Thank you, as always, as well, to our director, Sloan Copeland, transmissions manager, John McDevitt, technical manager, Michael Paley, and producer, Carol Lilienthal. And thank you for watching In the News.